Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back. So in today's episode, I want to talk about why I don't like calling kids shy. I get a lot of questions from listeners of the podcast and people on Instagram asking me about what do I do when my child is shy? And at what point is it a problem? And do I have an anxious kid? Do I need to be concerned? Right. And that's a really valid question. I'm going to talk though about why we need to reframe our thinking around this and what is really going on when our kids are what we might call quote unquote shy in social situations. But before I jump into that, Speaking of mindset shifts, I just wanted to mention that I have a super valuable resource for you if you are wondering where to start with shifting the way you're parenting, right? I have six mindset shifts to totally transform your parenting. And you can find that for free at raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. This is a list of the big shifts that really changed my parenting for the better that helped me, you know, when I go to sleep at night, I know that I'm doing a good job, even on the hardest days, even when I mess up and I mess up all the time. And so will you, right? There is no such thing as perfect parenting, but these mindset shifts really helped me know that it was all okay. And that the hard parts were actually opportunities to connect with my child. I'm telling you that so much of parenting is our mindset around it. So if you haven't already, grab your copy for free today, raisedresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so let's talk about shyness. Okay, I don't like calling kids shy. And actually, I don't like labels in general. And we've talked about this even in my episode on praise, which if you haven't listened to, it's a good one. Um, You know, we talked about even calling kids things like athletic or smart can be unhelpful. And so if you haven't listened to that, go check that out. And I, I really dive into why that's the case. But certainly negative labels are not helpful. And I'm going to do a whole episode on the things we say about our kids and why those tend to be unhelpful. But I feel like shyness deserves its own whole episode, right? Because it's something that we all deal with a lot, actually, um, especially when our kids are toddlers and preschoolers. We go; they, It's very normal for them to go through phases where they are more hesitant around strangers or people they don't see often. That is so, so, so normal. So if you have a toddler or a preschooler, I just need you to hear this, that that is so normal. Even if they were talking to everyone a month ago and now they're a little less willing to do that, that's so normal and healthy. And as your child grows, 
you might have a child who is more hesitant in social situations and that's okay too. Okay. I don't want you to think that there's a problem here. Shyness does not equal a lack of social skills, right? It does not equal a problem. So instead of shy, I want you to think about it as what it is, which is my child is a little hesitant right now, right? Instead of saying my child is this way forever, right? My child is a little hesitant right now around people that she doesn't know well, or my child is a little hesitant to engage right now with people he doesn't see often. Okay. That's the reframe here. It's just that your child is hesitant right now, or even in this moment, my child feels hesitant because it can change moment to moment. And you know what? That is so true for adults too, right? That actually there are times when we feel really social and we feel like talking to everybody. And there are times when we want to hide out on our couch with Netflix and that's okay. I know that for me, especially on days when I've seen clients all day, I need a little bit of time to not engage with people. And I might not really feel like engaging. So I just want to normalize that. And I also want you to start to reframe what's really happening for your child in that moment, right? We tend to think that if our child isn't meeting typical social expectations, that they are somehow falling short, that there's something wrong, right? Actually, that's not true at all. I want you to think about what is required for a kid who goes to a playground, say, and there's all these kids playing together and maybe their older sibling runs off and goes and plays and they are sitting next to you, not doing the thing that on some level they know is expected of them. That actually requires a level of comfort with yourself, a degree of trusting yourself and your body and going, you know what? I am not ready for that. Those kids feel ready for that and I don't. So I'm going to do what I feel safe and comfortable doing right now. That is actually such a strength. Okay. I want you to see that for what it is. Your child knows what they feel comfortable with and what they don't. And they are listening to that. And we want to support that. That is such a good thing. As an example, When my five-year-old was starting out in preschool, he was four. So he never went to preschool until he was four because of the pandemic. And so whereas he might've gotten two years of preschool, he got one. And when he started, he was not ready to leave the teacher's side and go play at recess for a couple of weeks, actually. And I didn't know this at the time. I actually found out at the conference and I love his teachers. They really got it. They saw it for what it was, which was him figuring out what he felt comfortable with and what he didn't. And they welcomed him to sit there and they shared. They said, yeah, he sat with us for a couple weeks. And then one day he just looked at us and said, okay, I'm ready to go play now. And that was that. And then he was Mr. Social Butterfly. And I was so proud when I heard that. I was like, yes, he knew what he felt comfortable with. And he listened to that instead of feeling like he had to go play because that was the expectation. He listened to his body and said, I'm not ready yet. And then when he was ready, Look at him. He soared. He went off and just made so many friends and started coming home and telling me about all the kids he was playing with. He knew when he was ready. He trusted himself. 
And he didn't feel bad about sitting with the teachers. He didn't feel like he was doing something wrong. He knew that he was doing what his body felt ready to do. So I want you to start to see your child's, what you would have called shyness, your child's hesitation as actually a really good thing. I know how hard this is. When I was a first-time mom, my oldest at the time was, I think, two. And I remember how we would go to Target and the nice cashier would say, hi, and he would just look at her and then like completely clam up. And I would think to myself, what is going on? What's wrong with my kid? Why won't he just say hi? Like, is he going to struggle socially? Is this a problem? And I'm a psychologist, right? I understand child development enough to know if I really wanted to think deeply about it, no, that he's fine. And I kind of knew that all along, but even I had those thoughts, right? So I can only imagine that other parents out there living this experience are probably feeling stressed in moments about their child's hesitation with new people. This comes out a lot when we see extended family too, right? That maybe we haven't seen them in a couple months. And for kids, for young kids, especially for babies and toddlers, you know, a month or two of not seeing somebody, even a couple weeks can feel like forever. And all of a sudden the person that they were comfortable with before, now they're not. When babies develop object permanence, which is essentially when they start to know that you exist, even when you're not in the room with them, they can actually become more hesitant around strangers. That is super, super normal. It's just a part of development. And then there are several stages during toddlerhood and preschoolhood where kids actually go through a little bit more hesitation than they had previously had. That's so, so, so normal. But I know that this can feel really challenging when you are faced with a family member who's like, wait, but why doesn't he remember me? Why doesn't she want to give me a hug? Why doesn't He want to come sit with me, right? That can feel so hard as a parent because you want to please your family members. You want your child to have a relationship with these people and they're hesitant. And that can feel so tricky. I really, really get that. But here's what I want you to remember. I want you to remember that it is so, so, so normal for kids to be hesitant around people they are not seeing every day. Even if they weren't hesitant last time they saw that person. And I know that's a tough one. Also, the fact that your child isn't ready to give grandma a hug today does not mean that they won't want to give grandma a hug next time they see her, that they won't run to her next time they see her with an excited smile, right? This is not forever. This is right now in this moment. And so here's how I handle that. First of all, I never force my kids to give hugs or do anything with their bodies that they're not ready to do. I will set them up ahead of time and say, we're going to see grandma today. Do you want to give a hug or a high five? Right. Grandma's just an example. My kids actually, we are very fortunate. They see their grandmas a lot, but just substitute any family member they might not see all the time. Right. We're going to see grandma today. Do you want to give a hug or a high five? right? Or do you want to wave and say hi? So that way my kids have options. And for a long time, they actually picked the high five. That's what they felt okay with. Now they will give hugs, right? That's what they want to do. They want to hug their grandmas, but that wasn't always the case, right? Especially when we lived in another state, we didn't always live right next to their grandmas, right? So 
that was challenging, right? That they weren't ready to give hugs all the time, but we would never force that. We would say, we're going to say hi. How do you want to say hi, right? And give them some options ahead of time and respect the fact that maybe they weren't ready to even say hi at all. And then what I would say in those moments, I would say to the other person, it looks like he's a little hesitant right now. I know he'll say hi when he's ready, right? And I would say that within earshot, right? So that my child feels empowered to come over and engage when they feel ready. That is the most respectful thing we can do in these moments. It's so, so, so important to respect our child's bodily autonomy. And I want to just take a moment and play this out because I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in this thinking of, well, what's the big deal? It's grandma. She's a safe person. It's okay that I want my kid to give my mom a hug, right? Yes, it is okay that you want that. But if we're thinking down the line, the message we don't want to send is that, you know what? This other person who wants the hug, their feelings and their desires are more important than yours. So don't listen to that feeling in your body that's telling you, I don't feel comfortable with this. Go give the hug anyway. Well, what does that look like when your child is a teenager at a party, right? Well, I don't really feel comfortable getting in this car with this person who's been drinking, but I don't want to make them feel bad. So I'm just not going to say anything. I know that might sound extreme to jump from not giving a hug in the early years to getting in a car with someone who's been drinking as a teenager. But this is a real thing. If we train our kids, if we wire them over the years to believe that they've got to please others before they listen to themselves, it's a dangerous thing to wire into them. And if that's our MO, well, you do this because that's what's expected of you. You go down the slide, even if your body doesn't feel ready, you give that hug. If this is how we treat our kids, if we look at everything, if we look at their hesitation, if we look at the moments where they aren't ready to do something and we push them, make them feel bad or shame them for not feeling ready, they will get the message over time that, you know what, doesn't really matter what I feel in my body. My job is to make this other person feel comfortable. Now, again, if this is something that you have done in the past, you've, you've had your child give a hug when they weren't ready, or you've said, oh, come on, go down the slide. You can do it. I know there's nothing to be scared of, right? If you've ever done that, deep breaths, <laughs> you are not there. This is never too late to shift how we're doing things and you have not done irreparable damage. Okay. But I would encourage you to shift going forward how you approach these situations. Let's take the slide example, right? This is a common one. Let's say your child is at the top of the slide or, you know, about to try something different on the playground. And we're saying, okay, go ahead. I'm right here. And our child gets up there and says, "Uh uh-uh, not ready to do this. I don't want to. And we start to go, oh my gosh, why is my kid being so scared? Why is my child totally unwilling to try things? Why is she so cautious? What's wrong? Well, nothing's wrong. Your child is tuned into their body and they are listening to those signals saying, I'm not ready. That's a wonderful thing. Like for real, celebrate that. And here's what you say. I get it. You don't feel ready to go down the slide. I know you'll try it when you're ready. That one line, I know you'll do it when you feel ready is so powerful in parenting. That is one that you're going to want to put in your back pocket and pull out in a variety of situations. 
works great for potty training, right? I know that you'll go use the potty when your body needs to go, right? I know I have a lot of parents ask me questions about, you know, my child's potty train, but they still choose to poop in a diaper. What's going on? This is another chance to use that line. I know you'll put your poop in the potty when you feel ready, right? And potty training is its own whole topic. I know you know that. And I will do an episode dedicated to that in the future. But it's another great example of letting our kids be the boss of their bodies and not forcing them to do things before they feel ready. So when you are at the playground and your child feels you know, hesitant to go and engage, your only job is to say something like, okay, I get it. It feels more comfortable to sit next to me right now. You'll know when you're ready, right? Or you're the only one in your body. So I know that you're listening to what your body's telling you to do, and you will know when you feel ready to go play, right? These are the kinds of things that we want to say when our kids are hesitant. And here's why it's so important to use the proper language around this. And I don't want to say proper, like it's it's not right or wrong necessarily, but the language that we use really does matter, okay? If we call our child shy and we get into this idea that somehow shyness is bad and it's something to be, you know, we have to get it out of them somehow, then we are going to have this attitude of it being a problem. And even if we don't say that to them, it's going to come out in our interactions. Okay. For example, when I would take my child to Target and he would ignore the cashier when she said, hi, if I am thinking, gosh, he's shy. What is going on? What's wrong with him? Why is he so shy? What is the problem? What's wrong with me and my parenting? What is, what do I need to do differently? What does he need to do differently? Is this going to be a problem? Then maybe as I'm buckling him into the car seat, I'm annoyed with him because he didn't say hi, right? Or I'm short with him. Our kids pick up on these things. Or, or maybe I push him in the store, say hi. Why aren't you saying hello? She's speaking to you, right? And that makes a child feel shameful for listening to their body. So the way that we talk and think about our kids matters. And like I said, I'm going to do a whole episode on that because I think it is so, so, so important. But I thought shyness really deserved its own whole talk. So I want you to think about your child's shyness as a strength, And stop using the word shy and instead just note to yourself, yep, my child's not ready to talk right now. My child's not ready to say hi. My child is not ready to give a hug. They'll know when they're ready, right? Even to yourself. Because how we think about these things is going to impact how we treat our kids. And how we treat our kids is what really wires their brains to know what's expected of them. And I don't know about you, but I want to wire my kids to know that what's expected of them is that they listen to their bodies and that they trust themselves before anything else. And just to ease your mind, because I know what you're probably wondering, okay, fine, they trust their bodies, but what if their body is telling them to just be this very non-social, you know, unkind person? And I promise you that is not what happens when we empower our kids to trust their bodies, okay? Take 
my oldest, for example, who was so hesitant in new social situations as a toddler and preschooler that he would completely ignore the cashier sometimes, right? Well, he's now a rising third grader and he is a social butterfly and does beautifully in new situations. He's the kid that is off to the races at the playground before I even have a chance to say goodbye. Okay. He's the kid who runs into the school building as early as he possibly can because he wants to go play with the STEM toys with his friends. That's who he is. And that's who trusting his body has led him to become. Same thing with my middle kiddo, right? He sat next to the teacher for a couple of weeks at recess and then he was ready and he did great. And when we met his new kindergarten teacher recently, she asked him if he was ready for kindergarten and I prepared myself for the fact that he might just look at her and go, uh, not say anything, right? And to my surprise, he said, I am so ready. I can't wait. He said it loudly and proudly and confidently because he felt ready to engage, right? So trusting our kids really means empowering them, getting out of their way and letting them trust themselves and do things on their timeline when they feel ready, okay? So if we can reframe the way that we look at and think about shyness and stop using it as a label. Because again, I think in our society, it's such a negative label, but start looking at it instead as my kid is trusting herself to know when she's ready. My kid is trusting himself to know when he's ready. When we can do that, then we will truly be empowering our kids and wiring them to really have deeply rooted self-confidence and self-trust. So that wraps up our episode for today. I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.